You are listening to the Marriage Mastery Podcast with Greg Reynolds and Phil Burnett. In this podcast, we focus on understanding and solving marriage's biggest challenges, as well as understanding and recovering from addictions. We're glad you're here and hope you find hope and healing from what we have to share. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe so that you'll be notified as future episodes become available. Welcome to the Marriage Mastery Podcast. Uh, Phil and I are excited to talk to you today, and we've got a, um, you know, as we as we came back and started this podcast back up after a hiatus of a few months, we decided that we wanted to focus on not only marriage, but also addiction recovery, because that is such a common um, problem within marriage, but just in our society in general, there are so many um, problems with addiction, in particular, uh, sexual addiction or, or pornography addiction and so we've started to take this on more and more in this podcast and I think it's been a real positive thing um, but a lot of people out there um, maybe feel deep down that they have a problem or maybe it's not even deep down maybe it's very apparent they have a problem but they don't know how to what to do they don't know what the next step is is they they're you know scared they're confused they they don't know what to do um, to get the necessary help that they need um, and so we wanted to just talk about what we feel are some of the first steps that need to be taken by someone who's dealing with addiction in order to um, try to get the, that addiction under control and start recovering from that addiction um, yeah. so Phil do you want to start us off here since this is really kind of your area of expertise? Sure. So um, I think at the outset, there are a couple different types of people in this you know, scenario, right? There's the person who uh, has been dealing with this for a long time, knows it's a problem, has kind of feels like they've tried everything uh, and nothing works and they're just kind of stuck there. Um, and then there's the person who is very into their denial and thinks that it's, it's not a, a problem. You know, what I do is very normal, um, or it's, or, or I'm an, I'm an exception and this is something I have to do. Um, and they might not be as interested <laughs> as, you know, the, the former person. Um, so for those, uh, I'll kind of tackle with the first category first. So for people who re recognize it as a problem and something that they've tried to fix or tried to overcome and just haven't been able to do, um, you're, I mean, more than likely they're still hiding it from someone, uh, whether it's their spouse or, uh, the kids or whatever the case is um and i wouldn't suggest you know telling them immediately but 
recognize that you're going to have to start opening up about this. The, the secrecy that surrounds your addiction is probably the number one reason why it's, you know, it's, it's still growing yeah. and still a problem. Um, as far as like first steps to take, uh, probably uh, seek out, well, not, not probably, seek out some help. Yeah. This isn't something that people can effectively tackle by themselves. Yeah. Um, go, go to a 12-step group, start attending. Uh, there are some that are probably local to wherever you are. If not, there are, you know, like phone call ones. Um, I, I even know that there are like some video chat groups that meet. Anyway, get involved in some sort of group like that. And on top of that, I would also say either find a therapist or a coach that can help you along. Uh, in 12-step, you, you find a mentor. Um, uh, it's actually a sponsor, but <laughs> somebody to help you through. But I, I think on top of that, it's really helpful to uh, have a, a therapist or a coach that can also help you work through some other things uh, kind of in concert with your 12-step work. Yeah. You know, I've heard when it comes to pornography addiction, um, I've the the studies out there show that pornography and sexual addiction is one of the very hardest, probably the hardest addiction to overcome. Mm -hmm. And um, you know. I, I know of very few cases in any addiction where the person's been able to overcome the addiction on their own. Um, yeah. Like that it's so rare that it's, it's kind of like, you're just not, you may think that you can do it by yourself. You may hope that you can do it by yourself. You may think that I can overcome it without anybody else ever knowing and that the lie that you're telling yourself is perpetuating the problem, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just wrong. You're not going to overcome it by yourself. You really need help. And you know what? It's, there, it's therapeutic to get help and to start being honest with yourself and to start being honest with other people. Um, getting a good coach, getting a, uh, going to 12-step programs being able to share your experience with other people who aren't going to judge you that um, are dealing with similar experiences it's really therapeutic because now you realize that you're not the only one in the world and that you can start being honest without the whole world hating you like you've been telling yourself the lie that if i'm honest about this people will hate me like nobody yeah, i'm unacceptable at that point right. And in reality, it's like, once you start being honest, you'll find that more and more people love you and you'll be surprised at how many people accept you. Now, that's not to say that every single person in the world is going to respond in a positive way. 
but you'll be surprised more often than not people respond in a positive way and i'm not saying you go tell the whole world i'm saying you start going to 12-step programs and you start telling people who are also struggling with it you share your experiences and you get a coach and you you're completely honest with your coach and you know if you need to it go talk to your ecclesiastical leader and be completely honest with them they're going to understand way better than you realize because they're they're working with lots of other people who are dealing with the same thing mm -hmm. and so yeah. yeah i think that's a i think that's a great first step start being uh first of all like you said ad admitting that there's a problem and and start being honest find someone who you can be honest to who has experience in this realm um, not only can they help you know what the next steps are, but they can also be that listening ear that allows you to be honest without fear of of judgment and and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Well, I can't tell you how many people I've run into that will, you know, like um, kind of disclose to a a close friend or you know a relative, like a sibling or something, and get really terrible advice. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they have the same problem. They're like, "Oh, that's normal. I do that too. Don't worry about it." Or you know, I've just I've heard a a range of of terrible advice. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and similarly, uh, like I I cautioned before, be careful with disclosure to your spouse. That will be necessary at some point, but um. I highly caution against doing it immediately um, until you've talked to a coach or you know, a 12 step sponsor and you know, like you've like kind of established some rules and, and know the guidelines about how to, to go about that. Cause it's, it's the reason why is not to, it's to protect your spouse really. <laughs> it can be very, very traumatizing um, to understand and, and come to terms with the fact that your spouse is, uh, has an addiction, uh, especially one of a sexual nature that, that stings in a, a very real way. <laughs> uh, and yeah, there, there are some there's some ways to go about that conversation that make it easier. And, and, and I, I would suggest learning those before you jump into that conversation. Yeah, I would agree. You know, it might be therapeutic for you as the addict to tell your spouse. And you might think, oh man, I feel so much better. That's a huge weight off my shoulders. And it is. Like you said, one day it will be necessary at the right moment and in the right way it will be necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, and it'll be very therapeutic when you do. But until then, like it might be therapeutic for you, but it might be devastating to your spouse. And they, they may not have the necessary support and the necessary help to understand the situation and to navigate that new situation that's now placed on them. Yeah. And well, like for example, I mean, Jen they very often a spouse will inquire as to specifics like the how you were acting out um in your addiction and 
and they'll want lots of detail. That's a, a very common um, uh, desire or things, something, the information that they want. And that just deepens the amount of trauma <laughs> that they will go through. Because um, you want to be compliant, right? You want to help um, or do everything that, that they are asking you to do in order to come clean. And so if they ask specifics and details, uh, you know, you're, you're just getting this off your chest and you might be more than willing to go into those really, you know, graphic details. And that can just, that can really just open up uh, Pandora's box of emotion and hurts. Anyway. That's just one example of, you know, a landmine that you can hit in that conversation that you kind of need to be coached around, I feel. Right. Um, but to kind of go back to that other group of people who are very set in their denial, this is a group that's that's really hard and, and something that, you know, we really want to, I don't know, it's a group of people we really want to touch in our podcast and in some of our other outreach and it's a harder nut to crack. (laughs) Um, If you feel like you don't have a problem, it's really hard to fix the problem. Uh, For spouses who recognize, you know, maybe you've come across browser history of your spouse or or something like that. I would not suggest uh, forcing them to do things. Uh, I think confrontation is is helpful, although if they're really set in their denial, they're probably not going to admit it. Um, and trying to coerce them into getting help and, and things like that is um, really not, is probably not gonna help and probably gonna make things worse for you. However, um, if that's the case, if you if you recognize that your spouse is addicted uh, and they don't really want to change, and they've explained it to you, you know, in such a way that uh, I that's normal for me. You'll just have to get used to it, or something guys do. Um, <clears throat> you're probably undergoing some trauma, <laughs> and I would I would have a very similar suggestion for you. Like, uh, go to a twelve step group for spouses. Um, There's a whole support community for those who have, uh, you know, addicted spouses. And basically, in a a lot of ways, um, that trauma throws you into your own form of addiction. And you have to overcome that. And as Unfortunate as it is, uh, it's a really great opportunity for growth and for change and for healing in your life. So I would I would definitely suggest going to like an SMON group um, or some sort of support group for you know um, spouses of of addicts. Yeah, I think that's a great advice. It's hard. It's hard because this denial part of of the addiction um, 
you know, many people, many people just don't want to take responsibility. Addicts are particularly good at not taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's the, this denial part can be so terrifying for some people to overcome and to, to actually accept they have a problem. Um, you know, you hear the term rock bottom, that people have to hit rock bottom before they'll make changes before this is kind of what they're talking about. And I don't think it's necessary in all cases for people to hit rock bottom, but oftentimes it's like the addiction will go and go and go until they do hit rock bottom. Rock bottom is different for each person, but I mean, sometimes things have to get really, really bad before they'll take responsibility. And so that is a kind of a challenging, a challenging thing to, my dog is whining, really wants my attention. Um, So it, it is just a really challenging thing for some people to, to accept that they have a problem. I would suggest you mentioned that, you know, some, maybe you come across a a browser history on a computer and your spouse has been looking at things that, that are pornographic or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe you confront them on it and you, and they say, Oh no, I don't have a problem. And they come up with some great excuses for it. And of course you want to try, you want to believe your spouse. Um, I would suggest not that you just immediately assume that they're lying. I don't think that's necessary, but um, be very cautious because addicts are very good at lying (laughs) at, uh, at coming up with excuses to, to try to convince you that they don't have a problem that, Uh, What you found was they're very good at not taking responsibility a lot of times and at lying and stuff. And so maybe if you come across some evidence that maybe your, your spouse has a problem and you confront them on it and they tell you that they don't, and they come up with some good excuses, I wouldn't immediately assume that they're lying, but I probably wouldn't also immediately assume that they're telling the truth. I would maybe suggest that, okay, here's some evidence here um, that, I, you know, I, I don't know what, what the truth is here. And um, because I would say more often than not, they, they are probably, they probably do have a pornography addiction. Uh, in some cases, though, they may actually legitimately be telling the truth. Um, but I would just suggest that. Uh, maybe you still go and you seek some advice from a, from a professional and you say, mm-hmm. look, this is, I came across this. I, I confronted my spouse. This is what they said. Um, what would be the, the right way to continue, like to approach this, to continue forward? Um, you don't have to do this on your own. Like I said, probably more often than not, they do have a problem, but um, you know, having a having someone on your side that can give you some advice, someone that's not right in the, the thick of the problem with all the emotions, the fear, the everything else that goes along with that, that can help give you some advice would be very helpful. And so for for the spouse of someone, for the spouse 
that is concerned that maybe their husband or their wife is dealing with this type of thing, um, I would strongly suggest that before you jump to any conclusions and go any one way, maybe just reach out to someone for a little bit of help and a little bit of advice, a professional, not just a friend that has no clue, but uh, a professional who, who knows the stuff well and get a little bit of guidance that way. It can really help. It can really be um, a benefit to you so that maybe you don't um, jump to conclusions and, and damage your relationship unnecessarily or uh, or maybe so that you're not convinced that they're telling the truth and then you find out a year later that they've been lying this whole time right it, yeah well could go anyway but yeah and something I would add is because yeah because there's some uncertainty and some unknowns in that situation uh, I I'd still, I would still seek some help because there's going to be associated emotional trauma. Right. You know, because you're, you're unsure. Your safety and security has been threatened and um, you might be tempted to start policing the browser history and checking in on, you know, your husband's texts and uh, things like that. Um, and that's that's not healthy either. That's not going to do anything for you. Um, trying to police their actions, you know, is is a form of um, codependence, right. and it's it's really unhealthy. And yeah, I would I would definitely, if you come across something, and you confront your spouse, and regardless of their answer, go get some help. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of SNON and what they do. And regardless of whether your spouse is an addict or not, they'll be able to help you through that, you know, that fear and anxiety and um, that tendency to codependence and, and those kinds of things. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, I think those are some good first first steps and some good advice to kind of how to navigate this this real early period of um, of dealing with a sexual addiction. Um, we can we can go further into detail in the future on you know other steps that need to be taken, but I think that's good for now. Is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap this up, Phil? Um, no, I mean my heart goes out to people in this situation. That's you know why we we try and tackle this problem because it is so prevalent in our society these days. And um, yeah, we we hope that you are able to find help and that you're willing to to seek that help because it. Uh, it can really change your life from misery to, you know, moving completely past this and, and having it, you know, being in total recovery. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, um, thank you all for joining us for this episode. If you're dealing with um, sexual addiction yourself or maybe your spouse, or you're just, or you're, you just want more information about it because you're just, you don't know too much about it. You can go to our website, AbundantLifeMentoring.com, and click on the free resources tab. Phil has put together a great uh, program that can help you understand sexual addiction better, that can help you understand what the first steps are and the next steps are to recovering yourself or to navigating the problem, this challenge, if your spouse is dealing with it. Um, so it's free. That course is free. 
check that out on AbundantLifeMentoring.com under the free resources tab. Um, Thank you for joining us for this podcast. If you enjoyed it, if you found it helpful, don't forget to subscribe and please share with your friends. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.